Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's Wednesday, August 24th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, a multi-billion dollar light rail project that was supposed to connect Prince George's and Montgomery counties to the metro this past spring now has new life. WTOP's Luke Luker tells us the construction on the Purple Line is starting back up and tells us what the issue was. It was supposed to be finished by March of this year. And now the project will be finished in fall of 2026. So they are four years, over four years behind. And with the majority of the tunnels for the 16 mile light rail dug already, both the construction of the Purple Line and the connectivity it will bring are having an interesting effect on the real estate market. We speak with realtor Ron Citron, who says some buyers see this as an opportunity while others are steering clear. It's, it's almost like a line in the sand for some of them. They'll, they'll see a house come on the market, looks like a beautiful house, but the, you know, the tracks are running either so close behind it or right behind it, enough that they're like, I think we're just gonna pass. We don't even need to see that house. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. So much like phase two of the Silver Line in Virginia, Maryland's east to west Purple Line is saddled with construction delays. The transit line was actually supposed to take riders between Montgomery County and Prince George's County this year. But the project is four years behind schedule. And the chief reasons, labor dispute, rising costs and supply chain issues. But the construction union and Maryland Transit Solutions signed a new bargaining agreement that will kickstart the idling project, which is actually going to get started here soon. And to tell us about it is WTOP's Luke Lukert, who talked with the union, which is called the Laborers International Union of North America Local 11. Luke, thanks for being here in person. We appreciate it. Of course. Um, to start, can we just do a rapid fire review of the Purple Line? When did this thing get started and where are we now? Yeah, so uh, this dates all the way back to 2017 is kind of when they began construction. Okay. And Which feels like forever ago. <laughs> and it is forever ago. And just to give uh, people a timeline, it was supposed to be finished by March of this year, like mm. 2022. And now the project will be finished in fall of 2026. So they are four years, over four years behind schedule. Mm. And, and a lot of that had to do with the previous contractor kind of right in the middle of the pandemic in 2020, just picked up and walked away from the project. Just left sites. Just We're just like, we're, we're not doing this anymore. And so that left the Maryland Transit Authority trying to find a new contractor to kind of pick up where they left off. I mean, why they do that? You know, I, I really do think that it had to deal with the pandemic and just uh, labor costs, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and things not getting worked out. Exactly. The Purple Line is supposed to, and, and you know, I, I ideally will, provide east-west um, transit connections for 16 miles between Metro Rail's green, orange, and red lines. And actually, we are going to put up a map on social media to kind of like illustrate that for you. But technically connecting Prince George's County, Montgomery County, sort of on the top of the metro map if you look at it. So we've got the basics down. 
but this isn't part of Metro, right? I mean, this is just a no. Maryland project. Can you talk about who owns this and how this is moving forward? So this is a public-private partnership. Like most uh, transportation projects that we're seeing nowadays, it's a public-private partnership. And it is commissioned by the Maryland Transit Authority, mm-hmm. but some private groups are actually building the perp line. It's not associated with Metro, but it is going to be stopping at numerous Metro stops. Right. So kind of connecting it, but it is separate from Metro. I'm sure that there's some sort of agreement, obviously, to kind of connect several different Metro stops, but it's not technically part of Metro. They will not be handling any of the maintenance, anything like that. So despite its name being the purple line, that's not similar to red, orange, you know, all those other lines. Exactly. But it will run into those stations and make some sort of easy connections. Correct. Okay. And so fast forward to now, you know, we talked about these construction delays, but now there is a new contractor and the contractor just signed a new bargaining agreement with some union workers. Tell us about this latest development. So the uh, the contractor, uh, Maryland Transit Solutions, uh, that is now a part of this partnership, was chosen back late last year, November. They got their budget at the very beginning of this year in January, and they've been in kind of negotiations with uh, the union mm-hmm. for uh, construction workers since about February, I'm told, and, and finally got all hashed out uh, this past uh, last week. And they are... Uh, really going to ramp up construction after Labor Day is what what they tell me. Now, you might have seen some people doing some work around the Purple Line, where where the Purple Line construction used to be, Yeah, but pretty small crews. um, And that's all really been prep work, you know, building retaining walls, uh, doing some surveying, Mm -hmm. checking, making sure the electricity is all good. Putting ramps in so you can get that heavy construction down in there. Yeah. But I'm being told that the real construction, the real heavy work, it's probably going to cause some traffic delays, is going to start in earnest after Labor Day. And the cost of this thing went up too initially. I mean, that was a huge deal when this back in 2017 when this was getting started, or 2016, I think, actually, um, was how the heck we're going to pay for this thing. And it's gone up in price. Can you talk about that? So it went up in price from $2 billion. Bah, billion. $2 billion. Uh, and now it is $3.4 billion. And they mm. cited, you know, what, what everybody else is citing, you know, right. uh, supply chain issues, um, issues with workforce and hiring people because, you know, there's way more jobs, people out there to fill the jobs. Mm-hmm. And so all of those things compound to make it an even uh, more expensive project wow. than it already is. And again, I want to remind everybody, a project that is four years behind schedule. Mm. And that hasn't really seen construction, real construction, it, you know, pending that we actually see construction in September, real construction in about two years. I mean, we were talking about this because, you know, these like giant holes in the ground behind people's houses went in, then it was just nothing. So if you don't pass by this thing or you don't see like the, you know, the huge, what would you even call them? And they're almost like dirt tunnels um, through Montgomery County and Prince George's County. You're kind of like, it's out of sight, out of mind because it's been so long. But mm-hmm. there's been people who've been living near these things, which honestly are a little bit of a safety hazard for a couple of years now. So it's interesting that this is finally, I mean, it's good. It's finally moving forward. And an eyesore for nothing in return. Yeah. You know, you're, you're looking at a construction zone and you don't even have the benefit of hopping on the purple line 
or mm. having the purple line as a real possibility in the next couple of months, it's four years away. Right, yeah. right. Like whenever I drive up Connecticut Avenue to get to 495, there's that huge span that kind of crosses over Connecticut Avenue where the purple line will be. So going back to this construction and that bargaining agreement, you talked with someone at the union, Steve Lanning. What was his assessment of this agreement? And was he hopeful that you know it will really jumpstart this construction process? Yeah, so he, he said that the uh, collective bargaining agreement, the, the, the contract that they just signed, really has above market wages for construction workers. When you have a tight construction market um, already trying to recruit or retain the best workforce, you need to provide, you know, beyond really more than competitive wages, you need, need to make the project appealing I think this agreement certainly has done that. It's offering, you know, the best wages and benefits in this market. Hopefully that is going to help tremendously with stopping with with not having to deal with any sort of delays due to work shortages mm. because you do have a contract and you do have construction workers being paid above market. In other words, putting money in on the front end rather than having yeah. to pay for delays and other issues um, exactly. uh, later on. And he said that around 200 250 guys from the union were working on it previously. And then when construction stopped in uh, October of 2020, September, October of 2020, you know, they, they were out of a job that they thought they were going to be working on for the next couple of years. Yeah. Now they're yeah. contracted. And as he said, we're, we're excited about it. Our members are excited about it. Our members want to get back to work on this project, you know, because a lot of our members live in that area. It's a job close by that provides, you know, close to four years of employment on one project, which in construction uh, can feel like forever, which is exciting for them. So they're they're really excited about it. If you go on the Purple Line website, it's just purplelinemd.com, you can see, you know, what the arc of this thing is, what the, wh- where it's going to be, um, also what it's going to look like. It is a light rail, which I don't know if we've said, but it's not. it's supposed to be a lot quieter. Um, but it actually has a breakdown. The website's pretty decent. It has a breakdown of like Silver Spring, Long Branch, University Boulevard, and where the construction of each mm-hmm. of those places are. So if you live around those areas and you want to know specifically like when am I going to see this construction, that's a really good tool for you to use. Yeah. And, and you know, they, they say initially you're going to see a lot of construction kind of at, at the terminuses of the Purple Line, Bethesda mm-hmm. and down by uh, New Carrollton. Yeah. And... Steve actually told me, I believe, at University Boulevard, you're going to see a lot of construction there Mm. uh, initially. But, I mean, just looking at this map, it makes a lot of connections. And I, for one, you know, used to have to make that Friendship Heights to Silver Spring Red Line ride where you go down all the way to the U. And it's an hour ride, but it really could be, you know, on this new line, maybe 20-minute ride. So once completed, big if, big big win, but um, it could make some faster commutes. Absolutely. I mean, and and especially people who travel the red line and need to go from, you know, Silver Spring to Bethesda. I mean, that's you got to go into the heart of D.C. to go make that. It's definitely going to cut that shorter when it's done again in four years. Right. I I just hear a silver line extension like over my right shoulder. You know, it's very similar kind of stories here. But the cynic in me is like, if it's four years delayed, what's to say it's not going to be six years delayed? But hopefully I'm wrong, people. Hopefully I'm wrong. Luke Luker, thank you for being here. We appreciate your time and the explanation. Thank you, guys. It'll be interesting to see what this does, Luke, for real estate um, as it's kind of expanding 
the transit into real estate. And how homeowners really feel about these gaping holes <laughs> like around their houses. Coming up, we're going to talk to a realtor about all that. Um, and he's going to have also some news about where the market stands because things are changing, apparently. Stick around. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. When a giant train track is running through multiple communities, it's a fair guess that it'll impact real estate in those areas. But how neighbors are reacting to the incoming Purple Line varies. Some see it as an investment opportunity, while others prefer not to buy nearby despite the transit upgrade. Joining us now is Ron Citrin, who has been a realtor in this area for decades and now leads the Ron Citrin team of Long & Foster. Ron, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you. Um, So the concept of the Purple Line, obviously, is not new. This has been going on for years. And in fact, there's been construction on hold for a while as well. Um, But as a reminder to those who are perhaps new to our area or looking to buy in this area, it was a pretty big deal for this thing to go in. It split neighborhoods. It cleared trees. It shuttered some longtime businesses um, that had to move because of eminent domain. It even took away a section of parkland and a beloved trail. Can you talk about how it's really changed a lot of communities and what buyers are looking for in those communities. Yes. And and I see it almost in four distinct groups, at least from the buyer clients that were, and sellers that I've been working with. Uh, and let's go way back when we had people who said, wow, this is, you know, they thought this is a great idea and they wanted to get on in on the beginning in areas like Riverdale, where that stock was going to be. And they thought, you know, I think we, they wanted to buy then and just let, they knew it was going to be a long time before it actually materialized, but they just thought this could be a great way to sort of be ahead of the curve and buy while the land was effectively cheaper right. than it would be once the, the station was up and running. So they're really happy with their decision and they, they're thrilled. Um, and then, you know, as you move from my perspective, at least where I work, because you move further west, you have neighborhoods where it's, you know, really nice neighborhoods that had this trail running behind it. And they loved the trail. It was beautiful. It was a high, you know, you could commute to downtown Bethesda very easily from there. And so now the trail is under construction. You have no access to it. And they're not so sure how much it's going to really save them in terms of commuting. It may not change their commute very much just because of where they live already. Mm -hmm. But access to a trail that was part of their community was taken away. However, once the, the train is up and running, they are supposed to replace that trail. So it's really a temporary thing. But at the moment, what was there is lost, and it's, you know, they would rather have it back. Kind right? of a bummer. Luke used to use that trail, too, you were saying. Yeah, I used to bike um, that trail all the time. You know, you just kind of meander through those neighborhoods and yeah. pop out in Bethesda. And then that trail actually continues all the way down and connects to the Capitol Crescent Trail, which takes you all the way to Georgetown. So I used to do that all the time with my friends. But moving to, you know, kind of the benefits, are there any benefits that you've seen from the real estate perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's take this. So, go go just a little bit further west, right? And then you have a community of homes that aren't going to really be impacted by any noise issues that come from the train at all. They're just far enough away from it. Yeah. Yet they're going to have really nice access 
to the stop. And what's interesting, I was meeting with some sellers and they were thinking like, where should they move in terms of stay in place things in terms of uh, transportation? Mm -hmm. And when we really sort of, you know, as you hit that point in your life where maybe you're not able to drive a car anymore, you can have the purple line here because mm. it's not there today. But when you start thinking it, it is going to be there. And that was really like a great revelation to them to think maybe they just ended up in such a great location without knowing it already, right. because that, that does make a difference for people. I mean, we just heard how construction is expected to continue for another four years before the purple line is complete. Um, when you have buyers who are looking nearby and maybe they still do want to have to drive or whatever their transit situation may be, how do you counsel them on what to expect? Because it has to be hard. You don't know what the construction noise is going to be right now. Also, the train isn't going clearly. So it's not like Kensington or maybe if you're near a VRE train where you can kind of just sit and wait and say, oh, that's too loud for me. Or oh, that's OK. Yeah. I could I could sleep through that. How do you how do you deal with that from a from a selling perspective? Yeah. What I found, you know, especially with the buyer clients that we're working with, where I found that they're most it's it's almost like a line in the sand for some of them. Mm. They'll they'll see a house come on the market. It looks like a beautiful house. But, the, you know, the tracks are running either so close behind it or right behind it enough that they're like, I think we're just going to pass. We don't even need to see that house. So I am seeing that impact buyer behavior. Now, of course, all these homes sell. So it's not like it's impacting the homes from selling, but but perhaps maybe there's fewer buyers that were entering the home to actually look at the house when it did come on the market. Uh. And, you know, over the last few years, the real estate market has been crazy. I mean, it's definitely been a seller's market. Yes. Is that yes. still, you know, the case as we're talking about the Purple Line kind of affecting real estate? Where are we as we kind of zoom out from the Purple Line, just look more broadly into the buying and selling of homes here? So if you owned a home in the Washington region, you know, starting in April of 2020, you saw a tremendous amount of appreciation. That was a very good time to be a homeowner, very difficult time to be a purchaser. Um, and what we saw, if you really had to define, it was a lack of supply of homes for sale. And at any given moment in time, you could look at in a neighborhood and say, how many homes are currently for sale and how many homes are currently under contract? And there were always more homes under contract than there were for sale. Mm -hmm. So therefore, every time a home came on the market, multiple buyers were jumping on it. You saw this, these bidding wars, the price appreciation, that's changed. Now, when you go look at the same statistics, how many homes are for sale, how many are under contract, almost across the board, you're seeing more homes for sale than there are under contract. And that's normal, by the way. I mean, that's how it should be. What we saw the last two years was not typical. So the same kind of hot neighborhoods are, remain the hot neighborhoods, really? So, yeah. So a lot of times you have to think of it as turning a dial, like hot became hotter for everybody yeah. for the last two years. And then, you know, cooling off is cooling off for everybody. I mean, you still see certain areas that are where, um, in certain price points even, where it still feels really tight for buyers out there looking. They're like, well, there's not enough homes where I'm looking in this particular price range. And that's true because pocket by pocket, you may see some areas that are just hotter than others. But if you look at it on a, just a big macro level, it's a cooling off. Ron Citrin, realtor for Long & Foster. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us a little perspective on this. Thank you. So before we go, USA Today is ranking football stadiums, apparently. All 30 of them. All 30. And apparently, maybe not surprisingly, FedEx Field has received the worst of the worst rating. It's dead last. It's number 30. <laughs> and they it was just a, like a basically it seems like a survey of the people who work for the sports section of USA Today. But the, the little like thing is funny. It says, look, there's no way around this. FedEx Field is awful. It's literally falling apart. And you said you had a horrible experience there. Yeah, yeah, I had a horrible experience, but it wasn't when I was going to a commander's game. I was actually going to a Argentina versus 
USA soccer game. Oh, cool. And, um, yeah, I, I went to the game. You know, the game was good. But it took me, kid you not, like two and a half hours to get out of the parking lot. I'm not I was just by that. sitting in my car. And one of my favorite CDs is the Shrek soundtrack. You know, uh, <laughs> you might know it. And I'm I played, a exactly, I played through that CD at least three times. And so the third time <laughs> I'm a believer came on, I was like, I am not a believer. I am not a believer in FedEx Field. Apparently Lambeau Field of the Packers, of course, got the number one uh, spot for its old school experience rising from the suburban grid of Green Bay to welcome NFL pilgrims to its hollowed grounds. I think my favorite is Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis because it has this really cool, I know a lot of the new ones do, but it has this right. cool roof that can like they can take off like a convertible <laughs> if it's really nice <laughs> outside <laughs> and if it starts raining or it's bad weather which happens in football around That's football true. season it's it's a lovely experience for fans you're not as freezing or wet as you would be at other states climate controlled football yeah boom that's all we want in this world wow it's almost football season luke here we go i'm psyched <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a huge football fan. I'll say it. I don't I know if you could tell by my uh, soccer uh, FedEx experience or that response right there. I'm a huge football fan. I'm hoping the Commanders are. You know. Well, I'm excited show for some you. life. Thank you. Um, and that'll do it for us today on the TMB <laughs> Download. I'm excited. Uh, we're sponsored by Steam Fitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate the show if you get the chance. Also, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on social media where we post content every day. You can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. As you know, the DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a good night.